Hello and welcome to Six Figure Authors, the show that helps you take your writing career to the next level. I'm Lindsay Baroker and I'm here with my co-host. I'm Joe Lalo. And I'm Andrea Pearson. And we're going to do a follow-up this week to episode 98, which was on advertising, uh, book advertising, of course. Um, and this is basically, we're just answering, we had so many good questions in the Facebook group that we're going to you know, hit our news here at the beginning and then just devote the whole time to answering your questions uh, the best that we can. Just keep in mind, in case it isn't obvious, that we are all primarily authors ourselves and we're not teaching courses or like coaching in such a way that like we see tons of people's ad campaigns. So, it, you know, I mean, I don't know, Andrea, if you do any of that, but I know like for myself, I can only speak to my own experience. I've done a different bunch of books and series at this point, but it's not the same as if you're a coach and you see like 20 or 50 different people's ads and, and really get a feel for things. So no, I usually just send people to Mark Dawson. <laughs> right. So maybe we should have had Mark come on the show and talk. Uh, he can refute things if he hears it and goes, no, 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 that's not right. But uh, we'll do our best, guys, and we'll let you know if we're fuzzy on something. But um, if you are looking for just more resources that are better, <laughs> I'm really selling this episode, aren't I? I? People are just like taking out their notepad and like, yeah, this is going to be good. Um, but I, I like Robert J. Ryan's Amazon Ads Unleashed as far as just a real inexpensive, I think it's $5 for the ebook on Amazon. And we'll put the link in the show notes. Uh, Chris Fox has a pretty short and sweet one called Ads for Authors Who Hate Math, uh, another inexpensive ebook. And then Brian Cohen runs a Facebook group. I think it's called Five Day Amazon Ads Challenge. Challenge, And I believe that may be like a twice a year kind of thing. You, you can look it up and, and find out. And also Mark Dawson has the, uh, what's the name? Ads for Authors. He's Ads for Authors too. Yeah, no, he's Ads for Authors. Brian is Five Day Amazon Ads Challenge. Um, and you can check out with the courses. I think also that's like a twice a year thing that opens up. Those are, uh, I mean, that one is, a substantial investment. So I would like start with the books. And then if you're just ready to go all in or you've tried and you've really struggled, uh, you know, maybe then check that out. And I've heard of some people too, like hiring their uh, VAs or PAs or whatever you call it, and then putting them in the course, which is like, huh, that's crossed my mind before. Like, here's a, here, you go learn this stuff for me and then run my ads. Um, I haven't done that yet, but boy, it sounds like kind of a good idea. I don't know. What do you guys think? Have you done anything like that? I have not. I have. Uh, I'm still a one man, uh, uh, you know, enterprise here. I don't have the VA yet. Although, honestly, that would be like if I was going to hire a VA and have them become an expert in something, it would definitely be running my ads. Yeah, I think it would be fun. Um, be like, uh, yeah, you, you go learn this because I mean, not only would that benefit you and the VA, but if the VA has other clients, you know, they could charge more for that. And it would be a business write-off if you paid for it, or if they paid for it, I think that would be a good idea. I don't think I'm going to though. <laughs> I'm still the one woman show too, just cause I'd actually have to take work out or time out of writing the next book to go hire someone. And I hate all that stuff. I'd rather suffer through it myself and like interact with other human beings. Let's face it guys, introvert to the core. All right, but before we jump in, you guys have any news that you want to share? Uh, this is our 101st episode. We forgot to mention last week we had Dave Chesson on. That was episode 100, though. Thank you all for those of you who have listened to all of them or any of them. <laughs> uh, Joe, do you want to go first? Sure. Uh, I don't have a tremendous amount of news this week. I'm wrapping up uh, Greater Lands 3, the third book in my new uh, epic fantasy series. Uh, I just released the second short story collection, which is Paradoxes and Dragons 2. I did zero. I mean, we're talking about advertising and stuff. I did. It wasn't even a launch. It was just, a, OK, let me put it out there and send it to my email uh, because short stories and I already made my money uh, off of the Patreon. I'm hoping to take some time after book three of the epic fantasy is like wrapped up and ready to release to sort of just overhaul everything that I've been doing. I have let a lot of stuff fall by the wayside uh, this year for assorted reasons, and it's time for an overhaul. Uh, I've mentioned wanting to do that with ads before, but I also, at this point, I'd like to look at all my blurbs and stuff. I did a big chunk of it by doing my sales history earlier. Um, so yeah, there's going to be like a, a, an end of year um, assessment of all my stuff to see if I can start getting the ball rolling on some better long tail, try to increase the overall sales of my older series and see what I can do about uh, the two ongoing series, seeing how I can sort of get them up and running a little bit better. So it's going to have a really busy first half of next year, basically. 
Yeah, it really does become, it can become, if you want it to be a full-time job in itself, of once you've got a pretty good-sized backlist, like you could totally just spend your whole time promoting the older books. I, I'm not sure that would be as efficient as writing and putting out new stuff, but I always feel like I'm probably leaving quite a bit of money on the table because I'm very, I do run promos every now and then, especially like a free book one of an older series, but I don't like have ongoing ads running to the older stuff ever. Um, but, you know, doing okay. So <laughs> that's fine. But uh, yeah, someday, you know, I always feel like with me, I'm like, I have four or five books ahead of that. I'm like, I can't wait to start writing that. I got to finish this one so I can write the next four things that are waiting. So I, I always say like, whenever I get to the point where I'm, I don't have a book I want to write, and I'm not sure when that will happen, that'd be like the time to <laughs> catch up on stuff. Um, not too much news for me. By the time you're listening to this, I'll have the first two of three books out in, you know, short novels in my little Witches and Werewolves series. Uh, I just, as we're recording this, it'll be about two weeks before you get this. I just released the first one. I tried it doing a 99 center this time, and I've got the second one coming out in a, a week. So kind of a rapid release. There's only three books total. So it's not, won't be as effective as if, you know, you had like a whole series coming back to back to back. But I also have the epic fantasy I have to get back to. I have the fourth book up on pre-order coming out on Christmas Day. So I got to start writing that. Um, this has been... This, this series is, uh, you know, I'm only two, two days into this launch, so I'm not investing a whole lot into it because it is kind of limited with only three books and only two at a full price, $3.99 I'm doing for these since they're pretty short. I, I was joking today with someone that like, you know, there's nothing like selling hundreds of books right away in the first day at 99 cents because that can finance that's a good tank of gas right there i mean i got a jeep it's got a big tank so i got it covered but you're not killing it usually with a 99 cent book and and since these are short they're not even going to kill it with ku page reads but i don't know we'll see it seems like there's actually categories there's like a mystery there's a paranormal under mystery thriller suspense with a werewolves and shifters so i was like wow there's actually a category for this book we've talked about before about how some of us write a little bit between the genres sometimes so it's close trying to get close as we can and not always right in there uh, but we'll see I, I did have you know we talked about this with Dave Chesson how you can get into more than the two categories that you can pick on the KDP dashboard and like those are the bicep categories not necessarily all the categories in the store uh, so I always email uh, KDP support and ask for you know, whatever, six more categories or however many, some of my books lend themselves to more than others. Uh, and they always email my bad, like, okay, no problem. I added them. And this time it's like the evening of the release. I was like, okay, sales rankings, you know, 1500 or something. It should be in some of these categories. <laughs> it's like, where is it? It's not showing up. And it was in urban fantasy. That was the category I had selected from the dashboard. But for whatever reason, he he did. I mean, I had the original email. He wrote back and said he did it, but it didn't take. So I, I emailed again, and a couple of days later, now they're in there. But you know, I'm sure it doesn't matter that much in the long run. But you always kind of, I always do like a week pre-order so I can get all those things sorted out. And so like by the time the book goes out to my newsletter, you know, I'm in the categories. There's a sales ranking. It, you know, just so that it and I can book promos and stuff like that. So nothing. Uh, too major, but you know, there's always something when you launch a new series, you got all your plans, best laid plans. It's always something that throws a wrench in it. Uh, I don't know how to be like a relaxed author, Joanna Penn, if you're listening to this or, or Mark, we're, we're trying to get Mark on the show, I think, to talk about, they have a new book called The Relaxed Author. And I'm like the stressed author for the week of the release. And then I relax, I go into my cave for the rest of the time and write the next book. Um, but that's uh, my rambling news. Andrea, do you wanna take over? I do. I'm going to take over the world. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. That was almost deadpan. Wow. <laughs> I'm really supporting you in this endeavor. <laughs> okay. Anyway, I published a new nonfiction book for authors. It's called Killer Subject Lines, How to Grab Readers' Attention and Get Your Emails Opened. That's available on Amazon now. Um, but as of, I just barely published a couple days ago, as of recording, it doesn't have any reviews. So if lack of reviews scares you, don't go check it out. <laughs> if you don't care, uh, yeah, go check it out. It was in last year's story bundle. And I had um, somebody email me 
a few days ago and be like, Hey, you promised us that you would be releasing that. Why is it not released yet? I'm like, I'm sorry. I forgot all about it. Like had this book that I wrote and was edited and I forgot to publish it. (laughs) So it's published now. Um, Anyway, I also wrote another marketing book. This one's called Killer Content. Um, it will be released into Kevin J. Anderson's NaNoWriMo Story Bundle that'll be launching, launching around September 26th. And I believe this episode is going to be aired on the 30th. So by the time this episode is aired, then that story bundle should be available. And it's going to have a whole ton of authors in it. Um, Mark is going to be in it. Mark Leslie Lefebvre and... Uh, uh, Joanna are going to be in it and I'm trying to remember who else is in it, but it's, it's going to be really great. It's, it's a whole bunch of nonfiction books that are geared to authors, obviously. Um, let's see, Kevin McLaughlin, um, Joanna Penn, Mark, let's, let's, let's uh, sorry, Mark, uh, <laughs> Mark Lefebvre, uh, Michelle Jeff- Jeffries, uh, Patricia McLean, Sasha Black, Madison, Ian Madison Keller, Kim Janderson, Craig Martell has one. It's called the successful indie author release strategies. That'll be pretty awesome. Christopher Schmitz, Craig Price, Tao Wong, and Erica Everest. And then of course my book. Um, so that's probably, that's probably live now guys. <laughs> so that's so encouraged. That's so, uh, yeah, go grab it. <laughs> Storybundle.com forward slash nano. Um, anyway, so, uh, let's see, I'm trying to think what else there is. Uh, for those of you who are interested in my nonfiction books, I do have them all except for the killer subject lines. They're all 99 cents right now. The first one is called Rock Solid Book. That one's geared to newer authors who are wanting to find like beta readers and volunteers to help with their books, things like that. Um, <clears throat> the second one is called Rock Solid Platform. And that one talks about all the different um, social media sites and then making <coughs> making sure you have, sorry, a newsletter set up and everything's all the way you want it before you start promoting and promoting is the next one rock solid plat- promotion that teaches people how to do a solid promotion that is pretty much guaranteed to get you a, a positive ROI. And then the fourth one is my rock solid newsletter. That one is about setting up a successful newsletter list. And then again, killer subject lines is the one that just got released. That one's at two ninety nine. Sorry guys. I didn't put it 99 cents. Um, by the time this episode goes live, I'll already have had my surgery. So wish me luck with that. Actually, surgery is this coming Monday. So we're recording on the 16th right now. So on the 20th, I'm, I'm having my surgery. Um, I'm really wanting to get back into writing. I've just, I've got the bug so bad right now. And writing that nonfiction book this past week was a lot of fun. It just felt so good to be sitting at my keyboard writing. And I was like, I'm finally at the point now where the kids are settled and where we're living now, where (laughs) I can, sorry, I can be like, Hey guys, you know, guys play quietly here for a little while. Mommy's going to go right. And I'll go right for an hour. And it was just really wonderful. I'm looking forward to having my brain back after surgery. So I can be doing that again. Cause gosh, I want to be writing. Dang it. <laughs> awesome. Well, those oh, I have a few titles. Yeah. You got the first question. I'm, you need to send me a link so I can put that in the show notes. Cause it's not in your notes for oh. all of those books. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Just in case readers don't remember it and are interested. We'll send them over there. Yeah, I forget to. I'm very great at promoting myself. <laughs> we like all are. Mentions, Authors remember. are naturals. We love it. <laughs> it's true. It's true. I don't really enjoy promoting myself. That's why I like marketing, because I don't have to be out talking to people about my stuff. Because I'm like, let's not talk about me. Let's talk about you. Because <laughs> then you get it. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Reader questions. The first question is from Sky. It says, I'm new and know zero about ads. Can you go over the basics of how it works in the beginning of the episode? So I'm not totally lost. I see people say they run $5 a day ads, et cetera, but I'm not sure how that correlates to click prices. All right. I'm going to try to do the over, overview here. Uh, it's a little hard to speak generally about ads because there's a lot of different types of ads. If we're talking about, you know, the, the $5 a day stuff, then we'll start there. Um, for just about every type of ad you, you're going to run, you're going to be asked to set either a daily budget or an overall overall budget. So when people say $5 a day, they're setting a daily budget. Or once a week, they're putting five times seven into a, into the, the budget thing. Although, generally speaking, if you do that, unless you're very good at setting stuff, then it's going to get all used up before or not used up at all. But that's neither here nor there. Um, there's cost per click ads and there's CPM ads. Uh, cost per click is 
what it says on the tin. It's you you pay every time so many clicks on your ad. CPM and there's other names for it, but basically it's you get you pay for every time your ad is shown. Uh, they're effectively equivalent as far as you're concerned. It's just a matter of where the money is being spent. Um, sometimes an ad platform will actually let you choose between those two, and sometimes the ad platform only has one of those options. Uh, honestly, they're fairly equivalent in terms of how successfully they can be, but when it comes to actually calculating how successful you really are, uh, cost per click is just a little bit easier because it's, it takes away one part of the calculation. You, you don't have to do the figure out how much you end up spending per click because it just tells you how much they charge you per click. CPM, you'll, you'll be able to get the information too. Uh, ads usually have you pick where you want your ads to display. Uh, most of these obviously are on websites and they'll ask you if you want to be, you know, sponsored uh, on the page with search results or, or separately on like mobile devices. And there's all sorts of choices in that regard. You're going to choose that. And you're also going to choose how you want to target and targeting varies from picking keywords uh, that you would like associated with your ad or you'd like your ad to come up for if somebody searches for those keywords. Or you can pick like on Facebook, you can pick your audience uh, and that would be based on their interests. Or again, on Facebook, you can go by demographics like age and location. There's usually a price associated with the different audiences and targets, and that price generally goes up if the if the uh, tar the audience is very large or the target is very valuable. Uh, with keywords in particular, you're usually bidding on them. So higher bids increase how often your ad will be shown for that keyword as opposed to somebody else's. And the best keywords are going to be very expensive. Um, you'll get some sort of metrics, regardless of what kind of ads you're running, you'll get some sort of metrics on the on the you know the advertiser's website that will tell you how much you're spending, how it's being spent, and all that, and that's how you're going to assess the the value of an ad. Once you find out how much that you've been spending on each click, you can then look at either on Amazon that they'll actually tell you how many of those resulted in sales, although that's not 100% reliable. Uh, other sites, you sort of have to look at your sale, your sales numbers before and after you started running the ad and see how it's how much it's increased. And then you can figure out how much each click actually, how many of those clicks turn into sales and you find out how much you're paying per sale. And that's how you determine whether or not you've got a good ad. So that is the absolute, the absolute like 50,000 foot summary that I can come up with for, for ads. And hopefully that's helpful. All right. I'm going to just try to kind of give an example uh, using Amazon. The two main places authors are successfully advertising, you know, paying per click generally are Facebook and Amazon. Uh, there's also BookBub where you can pay to be at the bottom of the newsletters that they send out. Some people seem to have some success with that. David Gogren's got a book on that if you're interested. I've really struggled with that one. You have to make graphics for that one. Uh, you kind of do for Facebook technically too. I just use the book covers and it can work, especially if it's like a 99 cent book and it's a good deal. I like Amazon because it's just, you don't even have an option. They're going to use your book cover and, and that's it. And I'm sure you guys know um, on Amazon, there's carousels that people can click through. So sort of you're going to get the most action if your books, your ads on the first page. But I've certainly heard from people that are on page 13 and do still get some clicks. But for the $5 thing, let's say as an example on Amazon, um, you might be bidding, let's say it's 50 cents to have your ad show when people search for epic fantasy romance. That's your, could be your keyword or J.R. Tolkien. You could, you can bid on a phrase like that or an author or a name of the book or author book, you know, whatever you want to do. You can also just uh, choose which categories you want your ad to display in. You can choose uh, to let Amazon decide automatically. But let's just say, you know, you're doing epic fantasy romance and we'll say that right now, the, you know, maybe the suggested bid is 75 cents when you go in and that's what they tell you. But, you know, you're not sure. Um, you see a lot of authors and, and they're showing up for less than that. So you're gonna try 40 cents or let's say 50 cents just to make the math easy. And whatever you put in, whatever you bid, that's you're just bidding against other authors for that same keyword to show up when people search for that or to show up on books that are other epic fantasy romances, that kind of thing. Um, and so let's just say you're doing the $5, you're paying 50 cents a click. Let's just say that's what it averages out to be. So you're getting 10 clicks a day for your $5. On your book, they click it, they go to your page, your book's page. And 
realizing, of course, it's very common for people to then not buy the book. So you might get only one or eight or one in 10 clicks will convert to a sale. If it's a lot higher than that, that's not good. And you probably need to kind of optimize something. Your book sale, your cover might not be on point enough. Uh, your blurb might not be that great. So that this can actually be helpful <laughs> if you're converting really badly yeah, to tell you maybe you need to work on your kind of your book's sales page. Because ideally you want that to sell to readers who are looking for epic fantasy romance. They should, when they land on your page, oh yeah, this is, this is what I'm looking for. Um, but like I said, so you might only get one sale. Let's say your book's $4.99. You got 10 clicks. One of them was a sale and you spent $5 to get that, but you're only actually making the 330 or whatever it is, 70% of the 499. So you can see how you end up in the hole pretty easily. So most authors are making this work because if you ha have a series uh, and then 70% of your readers go on to buy books two, three, and four, that's kind of how a lot of authors are making this work. It's not that you can't make it work on a single book, but you have to bid less. And often when you bid less, it's really hard to get your ad to show. Uh, and it really depends a lot on your niche to your genre. Uh, I was just doing some urban fantasy stuff and, you know, some of the suggested bids were two or $3. And I've, I've heard of like romance, they'll say, oh, $7. Not that you're going to take the suggested bid, but you kind of play around and find out what you have to bid in order to actually get your ads to display as much as you want them to and to get the clicks that you want. So, I don't know if we just confused everybody. <laughs> Andrea, did you want to add anything before we go on to some more specific questions? Um, I, I would say if you're like, if you are a visual learner, go look up YouTube videos and see if you can find any that walk you through it just because there's a lot to go over and it can be very overwhelming, especially for visual learners, um, even audio audible people. I, it, there's just a lot. So I would say uh, look it up on Amazon or on um YouTube. And, and honestly, if you, if you decide to pick a platform and just be like, I'm going to learn this platform, go watch some YouTube videos on the basics on that platform. It'll help you fill in the blanks because they cover like basic videos will cover a lot of those basics. And then you can go from there. Yeah, it's definitely important to know like what kind of learner you are. Like when Joe was doing his, I was like, I have no idea what Joe's talking about. And I know what Joe's talking about, but I am not. I love podcasts, but for actually like absorbing knowledge and understanding something, it's hard for me just to listen and get it. Even courses, I kind of, I'm not that great with courses and books. I'm very much a kinetic learner. I have to do it myself. So I have to go into the Amazon ads and fiddle around and kind of learn like it's, I can get tips and things and certainly helpful tidbits. But when, <laughs> when it gets like really ABC and then, you know, it gets super involved with just, uh, it can be, I don't know. I find it easier just to go around, go in there and play around and don't spend much if you're going to do that until you kind of figure things out. All right. Holly asked, would love to know how you guys assess and optimize ads. Uh, lately, I've been doing auto-targeting. So assessment is more, uh, you know, you do more assessment than optimization in those. Uh, so what, what I end up doing is looking at the average cost per sale. Like, again, that's not 100% accurate. Sometimes uh, it's, it's it lags a while. And sometimes I've heard that, that it's not counting all sales. But I look at the average cost per sale and I compare that to the read-through rate. Uh, to get the you know and the estimated earnings because of the read through rate, which you'll need to calculate that, and that's again another entire episode really. Uh, I decide if it's doing well enough, and how much room I have to work with. So again, if if I've determined that I'll make whatever six dollars on a, a purchase of the first book uh, after all the read through, then if I'm willing to spend three dollars on one sale, technically I'm still making money, but is that enough for me? And I'll sort of look at that and, and how reliable I think those numbers are, and keep on reassessing. Uh, if it's converting, but it doesn't have that many impressions, and I feel like I've got enough room in in you know the cost per sale, then I'll bump it up. Uh, if it's not converting, uh, sometimes I'll just pull the plug. There, not every ad is going to succeed, but generally speaking, my my main thing is just determining how much I'm actually spending per sale and how much I make per sale, and uh, uh, calibrating my expectations and my budget according to that. Um, so where Facebook ads are concerned, um, well, any ad really, uh, this is a big question that could have an entire episode devoted to it, which would be really fun, but we're probably not going to ever do that. <laughs> um, well, at least not us three, we would probably have somebody come in and help with that. But anyway, so 
I love using spreadsheets and the dreaded Amazon affiliate program. Uh, yeah, they're probably going to shut me down eventually, but I've been doing it for years and years and I never put a ton into Facebook ads. And so they haven't really caught my, they, I haven't caught their radar, been on their radar yet. Um, anyway, I title my ads and ad sets campaigns and Amazon affiliate tag, the same thing, which includes something about the audience, the image I used. So for example, like if I'm advertising to a specific audience on Facebook, I, I usually give those audiences a little title, like Goodreads first page, <laughs> not even joking. Goodreads first page uh, of the list of, of read of authors I got from that page. Uh, then I title it, you know, whatever image I'm using, then the ad copy. So like if I use the first paragraph from the book, or if I use the description, or if I use the first chapter of the book, et cetera. Um, and then the book I'm actually targeting. I shorten it sometimes, but that isn't always necessary. I keep track of it all in, uh, when I say I shorten it, sometimes I'm saying like the, the things that I name it. So the tag and all that, um, I keep track of it all in spreadsheets. And then what I keep track of in spreadsheets includes the names, the tags, the downloads I got on the first book in that series, every day, the ad was run downloads on the book I'm running ads on, which is not always the same as the first book. So for example, if I'm running ads on a box set, sometimes I've noticed that my ads to my box sets will garner me, um, downloads on the first book in the series instead of the box set. Maybe they want to try out one book instead of three, for example. Then uh, let's see, I've learned that some audiences will download book one. Oh, oh yeah, sorry. And then I also target, uh, I always keep also keep track of downloads of the rest of the series. So subsequent books in the series. Um, I've learned that some audiences, like I was saying, they will download book one, but won't go on to download book two, or maybe only download book two or book three, but won't download the whole series. And I just keep track every day how many how many downloads each book got. And this might sound tedious, but it's helped me really, really fine tune my ads to the point where I, I know that I know for sure they are actually making me money. And then let's see, other audience will download book one and they'll go on to read all of the books. Um, Anyway, it's really fun to me. I like analyzing all of this stuff when it comes to optimizing. All of that is based on tons and tons of experience and, and um, experiments. So like how do my own ads do? And I compare them to each other. Like if I have an ad running to Forsaken Prince and it's getting 30 cents per click, then I'll be like, well, I know I can get 10 cents or 15 cents a click to that ad. So I will either can that one or I'll tweak it again until I feel like it's uh, more solid. Anyway, uh, let's see, I pay attention to how other people are doing their ads. So how other people's clicks are going and all of that. And then I just tweak accordingly. All right. For myself, I've mostly been doing Amazon ads these last couple of years. And so whenever I start advertising a new book, usually a book one at the launch of a new series, I'll make a number of ads in the dashboard. I'll do like the, some, I'll, you know, I'll do the auto ad as one of them. Categories will be one of them, whichever categories I think uh, the book will do well in. And then keywords, and I'll maybe do two different sets of keywords. Like I might do traditional authors, traditionally published authors in that genre. And then also like the top indie authors that are, you know, really selling quite well. And to get keywords, uh, we talked, Dave Treston has Publisher Rocket. I also like for this uh, werewolf thing I launched, I did like a 40 year old her heroine protagonist, whatever, which is what I usually do. And, and I was kind of like, I think this might fit into that paranormal women's fiction genre that uh, Alex Newton from Kalytics did a did a report on. So I went and I just grabbed the authors out of that that were like the top 40 to target them for the ads. I thought that'd be a great way to, you know, try to get your books linked for them, look linked with them uh, and in their also bots and stuff. And I, so I, you know, I might end up with like four ads for the same book. It used to do more like eight or 10. Like I'd play around with a lot more keywords. I, I've also done uh, like the epic fantasy romance, the actual, just uh, not a book or, you know, but like the name of the, I don't know, things people are looking for. And, and that's where Publisher Rocket can be good for that one. And then I just let them all run and, you know, kind of, I don't usually do the suggested bit. I usually find I can do under that maybe not as far under as you would wish and get some decent play, but I'll, you know, I'll start a little higher and then usually back it down later. If something's performing really well, I'll see if I can spend less, but in the beginning, especially with a launch, I'm willing to spend more, just kind of get things rolling. And um, yeah, I, I appreciate that Amazon's gotten a lot better with as far as what they tell you, because like with Facebook ads, uh, if you use the affiliate link, you can see if you got a sale from like the 10 clicks gave you an affiliate sale. 
but um, otherwise you, it's if you don't use that link you don't know like how you don't really know unless you had no sales before and that facebook ad is the only thing you started running uh in my case i'm always getting enough organic sales that it, it would be really hard to <clears throat> figure out kind of what the cost you know how many what the conversion really was on those clicks uh, to sales but anyway so i let like these four ads run and you know usually a couple of them barely kind of take off like uh, uh kind of up the bid you can up the bid a little bit but sometimes it's just really slow to take off it's i feel like this has gotten better over the last year or two like it used to be a lot more we just kind of be stuck and not doing anything um and then whichever ones are doing well uh, as far as impressions and clicks and i'll kind of look at the click-through ratio too because i know that's important to amazon <laughs> and it's important to me too that's a, another metric you can look at but and then also i want to see how many sales i'm getting on amazon the a cost average cost of sales they show you that and then also how many they show you if it's in ku which complicates things <laughs> like they they now show you reads that are attributed to that click but i think it's only two weeks worth so if somebody i i know from experience people sometimes grab a book and then don't open it for a couple months so i always figure there's kind of some phantom sales or borrows that aren't attributed to that so it might be better than you think it is as far as how your ads performing but whichever ones basically are costing me a lot they're just costing me more for click and the a cost is higher i will maybe first before cutting it like if it's performing really well i'll just try to lower the bid and see if i can st get a little better metrics there um but yeah uh, in the end i'll end up only having like two running and i've just cut the ones that are costing a lot and not converting as well i i usually do i don't usually do ad copy anymore on my amazon ads so because that's another thing you kind of have to test if you're going to have different, you know, um, vegetarian werewolf meat or what was my, <laughs> my my vegetarian witch meets a carnivorous werewolf and what could happen? You know, they have to join forces, whatever, for my pitch, I guess. Uh, so that might be one of, you know, you're going to need more ads if you're going to try around, play around with different copy. Not doing the copy at all keeps it a little simpler and it's you can't screw that up. <laughs> so I'm a, I've become a big fan of that. So I think, I think that's all I had to say that. Uh, but in the end, they're usually like one or two that perform the best. And I keep those and I just, uh, Amazon's in particular, and I, fe I felt this with Facebook too, that once it's running, you kind of, I know Andrea, you I think you've had some just go for a couple of years and you kind of check in, maybe you check in every month or so to make sure, because sometimes you get creep, right? Uh, the ad costs will creep up, especially on Amazon. Or just all of a sudden it's like not showing that much and you realize what probably happened is uh, your competition is now bidding more and all of a sudden <laughs> your ad's not showing for the, the 50 cent click that you were getting before. I feel like this episode is so technical. <laughs> I don't know. Is anybody still listening? Oh, Quick, you guys. start reading your book, Lindsay. <laughs> Get us all awake into an exciting world. scene. Uh, I don't know if this was a good idea, but thank you for listening. Anyone who's listening, hopefully you're out walking your dog and we're keeping you from, I don't know, falling asleep <laughs> or you can't fall asleep because you're doing something active. That's it. Okay. Next question. Moving on. All right. Next question is from Holly. Uh, would also love to know what kinds of targeting work for you. And as I said earlier, I mostly do auto targeting on Amazon ads these days. But in the past, I've worked mostly with targeting authors in the same genre. Uh, I would try to find, like my, my goal is to try to find a small list of mid-list authors rather than aiming for the absolute tops. That's not always an option because you, depending on the ad platform we're talking about, you might not have that option available to you. But uh, I usually find that a larger list of lower level authors leads to lower bids and in general you can get the same result because you get the same audience size but for a little bit cheaper uh, and also if you're picking mid-list you can probably pick authors who are a little bit closer to your content so that's how i would target my stuff so um i usually always talk about facebook stuff because that's where i feel like i have the most um experience and uh, success. Um, I talk target authors in the same subgenres, but not usually big authors. And I was, there's like, we learned while we were, before we started recording that I lie about that because <laughs> my, my current ad that's running to the clinic chronicles is targeting a lot of big authors. Uh, normally I do not do that because those audiences tend to be unwieldy and produce little results for me. But for some reason that specific epic fantasy ad is doing very well for me. 
Um, sometimes I'll tar target by the specific subgenre, so like urban fantasy or paranormal romance or whatever, but that hasn't always produced great results for me. My urban fantasy list, um, I did look that one up. I guess I can talk about that one later when we address this question again, but um, it's got a lot more of the mid-list authors on it. And uh, that's, yeah. So targeting, what kind of kinds of targeting work for you? I think that's gonna be very different based on the authors and their experiences. And a lot of the authors who are really, really heavily into ads don't share that kind of information. So you just, you have to keep, you just test and experiment and test experiment and just figure out what works best for you. And then just recognize it's going to take some money upfront, basically. Like you're going to use a chunk of, money, chunk of money to learn how to make it work for you. And my philosophy is I don't give up until I know it's going to work for me, except where book bag bub ads are concerned. Those I just don't care about. <laughs> Yeah, the, the one thing on Facebook, you can both, in, in a way, you can get like way more targeted because you can get the age, where they're located, you know, really into some demographic, which party did you vote for? Actually, I don't know if you can get that anymore because they've taken away some of it due to, uh, <laughs> I don't know what you call it, political issues, government issues, whatever. I haven't followed it too closely, but you can target less than you used to be able to, but you cannot target on Facebook. And I, I'm glad you're talking about the Facebook ads because I'm more familiar with the Amazon ads. So that's good that we have that difference. But yeah, you're usually limited with what you can target as far as like authors uh you know in fantasies it tends to be like the bigger names from like that we all read in the 80s and 90s traditional published uh whereas on amazon you can target any author you know uh, indie author who's 50,000 in the store but her book is like exactly like it's werewolves that's what i'm going to target so and you can so uh but on amazon i don't i often default to auto the auto targeting after the ads have been running for a while, I find that the auto seems to take a few days to kind of get dialed in. Uh, so I, that's why I also like to start with the keywords. And especially in my case, I'm such a genre hopper that I'm almost never, I'm going to say never publishing a new series in the same genre as the series I just finished, which, which is not good as far as like Amazon figuring out where they're going to send that book out to as far as their promotion, you know, if they're going to email readers at a new release that they might like is out, uh, you know, it's going to be confusing because like I, I might have space opera fans now buying my new epic fantasy series because they buy all my stuff, which is great, but it really confuses Amazon. So what I'll do when I start new ads is really target for that series exactly the authors who are similar to this new series and I'll, i will even actually start those during the pre-order i usually only do about a week pre-order but i'll start the ads early even though they don't convert as well during the pre-order period uh, because a new reader's like eh, whatever pre-order but i'll try it anyway just so i can try to overcome the confusion that comes with when my uh, regular readers come in who read all the genres i'm in um, but yeah, so if I'm starting this new like paranormal women's fiction series, I was specifically targeting those authors that were writing in that genre in the hope that Amazon will figure out what my book is right away, kind of before I announce it to my newsletter and everything. Uh, so that's when I'll do like the real specific ones. And every now and then some set of keywords that I pick out actually performs pretty well. And I might leave like two ads running. Maybe it'll be the auto ad that kind of kicks in and starts doing better eventually and whatever list of keywords that happen to work. Uh, I would be careful when you're um, targeting authors, make sure that they actually make sure they don't target me you would want to target one of my series because I write sci-fi and fantasy. And if you are specifically writing space opera, you don't want that ad to show up on my epic fantasy books. You only want to show up on my space opera series. So do be careful with targeting authors because <clears throat> a lot of people are, you know, some people stay in their lane and do exactly the same <laughs> type, uh, not type of series, but you know, same subgenre over and over again, but some people jump around. And so you want to be careful with targeting uh, authors and being a little too general. Uh, I think that we'll, that's it. Uh, pass you to Andrea for the next question. Okay. Stacy says, how do you find fresh audiences? That is a, a fresh and short question. It was, you know, fun, <laughs> like, like succinct. I like that. Um, okay. So through giveaways, giveaways generally and Facebook ads, 
um, giveaways where I advertise to a specific audience through Facebook ads and then Facebook ads specifically for lead gen or pointing directly to my books. And the reason I do this is to build up my newsletter list. And then I create lookalike audiences on Facebook that, um, are based on, so the way it works is Amazon or Facebook will take those email addresses and they look, they analyze what each person who has a Facebook account likes, and then they will find with all of those people, the commonalities. Um, so like if they're all urban fantasy readers, um, Facebook will be like, Hey, look, they all like urban fantasy. And then they will spread that. And then like the same, like the age, the demographic, the gender, um, a Facebook will actually take that and will find other people that are similar to that. And that's, that's a lot of the ways I find new audiences and because people, new people are getting, um, uh, accounts on Facebook every day. Um, and all of that. And then also new authors are getting published regularly. And so I will, I will increase my, my ads to newer authors who have, who are traditionally published because again, Facebook doesn't show indie authors because Facebook is biased. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, so that's just, that's basically how I find my new audiences. Yeah, that's a, a good point that there's always um, more people getting published and churn like on Amazon, let's say you decide to target the people in your niche that are in the top 100s in, in your urban fantasy. Uh, and whatever's selling when you're ready to publish your book and start advertising four months later, it might be a whole brand new list of authors. So, and, and you don't have to just find authors through the top 100 list. You know, you can go down the rabbit hole of clicking uh, how it says, what, uh, what eight other authors purchased books by this author? And you just kind of can go along and keep finding people. Although, like I said, if you want to spend, I think they're 30 or $40 for um, Alex Newman's report, <laughs> he's got like, the list of the top 40. Although you may find that there's real, the real popular successful indies that show up in that are going to be, might be expensive to bid on. And you may prefer to kind of go find people that are a little less known. Um, but you can also try targeting uh, having books at different price points that you're going to advertise is going to possibly appeal to a different audience. Uh, somebody who reads mostly traditional stuff may sneer at your my 99 cent werewolf book, but maybe later I put books one through three together in a box set for $7.99 and suddenly I have a product that's in the ballpark of what they're paying for books and they might be a little more inclined to look at a more expensive one. So even though you showed your ad before to them, you're actually suddenly you've got a different product that uh, could be more appealing to them. Um, yeah, I, I guess that's my answer for that, Joe. <laughs> uh, I would say that uh, all of the above, first off, is like a lot of the same tactics. But in my specific case, and I wouldn't recommend it as a tactic, but it's a side effect if you happen to be doing this. Um, I was working on three main series and three different genres, sci-fi, fantasy, and steampunk. And because of that, and I was alternating releases, uh, that meant that I was appealing to a different audience with every release, like three different audiences per year. Every time I did a promo, tried to bring in an audience for my steampunk, I was bringing in an audience that would then be exposed to my sci-fi the next time I did a release and, and, you know, and so on and so forth. And it's not a great way to get new audiences because audiences tend to be fairly specific in what they're interested in. But in my case, because sci science fiction uh, it's somewhat close to steampunk, which is somewhat close to fantasy. There's more overlap in my in my three genres than there are in many. So, and again, in addition to to all the things that they said, just promoting something in a similar genre and then going to a different genre drags over some fresh audience that might not have even been experimenting with that genre. I've had more than a few people who read my sci-fi telling me that mine was their first fantasy book. So, genre hopping complicates your life, but it also implicitly provides a larger you know, set of audiences to draw from. Right, and I, I will add on to that, even though we're kind of primarily talking about Amazon and Facebook because they're pretty effective for authors, especially Amazon people are specifically there shopping for books. So they're a really good audience to target. They're not like on TikTok, just killing time. Um, but that doesn't mean you can't try advertising on other platforms too. And every now and then I'll hear of authors that are doing well on TikTok. Um, Microsoft ads. I rarely hear anybody doing well in Google search, but that's something you can try to. So you don't have to be limited. Like if you're feeling it's really expensive and you're just, it's not working out, you can certainly go out. There are other platforms out there. I would say if you're exclusive to Amazon, uh, you know, I don't know how much you want to spend really going wide with the advertising because they're just going to be like, well, shoot, I can't buy that book. I'm Apple iOS person. And it's a little, might be a little harder to 
cherry pick who the Amazon people that have Kindles are uh, on TikTok. I don't know. I haven't played around on there enough to know, but uh, just uh, you can look elsewhere. You don't have to be limited to these platforms. Okay, next question is from DM. How do you know when it's time to add a new advertising platform? Advertising is overwhelming, so I have focused on learning one platform at a time, but is there a point when you must add a second platform to keep sales going on a series? Can you reach saturation of your potential reader base if you adver advertise the same book on the same platform for extended periods of time? Because uh, of the control most ad platforms give you over targeting, saturating a potential reader base is usually pretty solvable by changing your targeting, as we, as we said earlier. Uh, we, when we talk about ad platforms, we're also usually talking about Amazon and Facebook. And in both of those cases, the number of potential viewers for your ads are enormous, like literally in the billions. So it, obviously, there's just a subset of that that your ads will appeal to, but still, it's going to be an enormous number of people, a likelihood that you've even reached all of them, let alone reached the point where they're just completely tired of seeing your ads is extremely low. So chances are, uh, uh, you know, hitting a different platform is definitely, well, almost certainly going to get your, your ad in front of a bunch of new people. Obviously, there's going to overlap on people who use Amazon and Facebook and whatever platform you're advertising on. Uh, chances are pretty good you're going to get some fresh folks. I very much uh, doubt that you're going to get the, it, the effort that goes into learning a new platform is I don't think that you're going to get return on investment of that as well as you would just uh, improving uh, your your grip on the current platform you're on. Saturation is something I don't think most people need to worry about. Right. You may, I mean, you may try in the beginning, experiment with all of them and kind of see which ones appeals most to you and seems to be giving you some results. And maybe that's the one you choose to really become proficient in. Um, I, rather than necessarily feeling like I will go to Facebook when I'm doing like a 99 cent box set. I've just found that those perform quite well for me in my genre and the bids are less than on Amazon. And, you know, because I've used the affiliate, affiliate links, I can actually see the sales that come from that as well as all kinds of other weird stuff that people buy at the same time. <laughs> but um, another thing you could do though, is let's say Amazon is the one you've picked, you're having some luck on it and you're pretty good at, but you are feeling, you know, you've been running the ad in the same book for let's say six months. And in the first three months it was performing quite well. And now it's just not really getting as many clicks. It, it seems to have died off a little bit. What you can do is um, first of all, you can do a different ad to the same book, uh, especially if you've, were playing with writing copy, you could change that up. Um, but what I like to do, and I just did this, is um, with my now complete urban fantasy series, it's nine books. I've got book one, and then I've got a books one through three with a different cover uh, box set. And I'll just switch. Like, uh, you know, I had one for $2.99 for a while, and then now I'm, I've got a 99 cent sale going on the box set. And so I'll let that run for the next three months. And then by the, when I go back to advertising the first book it's been a while it's kind of new readers poking in uh, people that haven't seen it for a while so uh, that's an option too so i would say you don't have to feel that you have to add another platform if you want to experiment by all means you might find it works well for you but uh yeah you don't have to and i'm gonna tack a thought onto that if you want to experiment don't do it because you are not doing as well as you would like to be um because i mean you don't have to be, like she said, you don't have to be on every platform. And if the only reason you want to try every flat platform is because it's like that shotgun model that everybody used to talk about. You use the scatter, you know, the shot it goes, it hits everything and you don't really know you're just doing everything you can to hit everything that dilutes your efforts quite a bit. Um, in the beginning, when you're first starting out, or even if you've been doing this for a while, um, like focus on one platform. And then if it does well for you and you can make a positive ROI, focus more on that platform. Um, I still primarily advertise on Facebook. It works for me and I don't have time or desire to switch to any of the other platforms. Um, honestly, every person I know has a preference for one over the other. So check out their system. So like Amazon systems or Facebook or whatever, test things a bit and then see what feels the best for you. My philosophy is this focus on the place you're most comfortable until you master it, then gauge how your life is going and doing. You can either move <coughs> to a different platform or stick with that one and focus your efforts on making that one 
you know, even more profitable for you. And it doesn't matter. Uh, no one is going to care if you're not running, running ads on every platform and the audiences on each are so vast and so different that you won't be losing out by not being on all of them, especially since that dilutes your efforts again. So don't, don't approach marketing from the emotional, I need to be doing better standpoint. Don't approach it from, I need to be doing everything standpoint, approach it from what time you have in your life, what desire you have to do it. And then whether you're able to make an ROI on it and then see if you can increase that and make it, make it bigger. Joe, are you going to read the next Sorry question? Sorry about that. <laughs> it's, um, the, it's your color. It's my color. Uh, so yeah, Amy uh, says, how the heck to find Facebook audiences for fantasy? I gave up on that pretty quickly because figuring out the audiences was the hardest part and the targeting is not as easy as say Amazon. And Melanie uh, has the same question, but for sci-fi. All right, well, I'm gonna say target authors and we kind of already talked about how on Facebook, it's a lot more limited. It tends to be the traditionally published old school authors that you can get. Uh, I would say in fantasy and sci-fi, especially, you can also possibly find success branching out to do TV shows in the genre. Like when I did my sci-fi series, I, you know, there was a few uh, sci-fi space opera authors that I could target, but it was like really not that many. So I hit up Firefly, Star Wars, you know, Star Trek, I think I had Battlestar Galactica, like some, these were all interests that people could select. What I do make sure is that like, this was for a series that was exclusive to Amazon at the time. So I made sure they also had Kindle, like the various different Kindle things down as their interests, kind of with the assumption that even though they're fans of the show, they're also readers. And I don't know how well that's going to work in other genres. I like, I don't know if romance readers also watch romance TV shows, like sci-fi fantasy, the fandoms are really like, we like it all. <laughs> We're just like, we like the Dungeons and Dragons. We like the, the Lord of the Rings movies. Uh, so you can probably get away with that. Uh, you kind of have an experiment for other genres, but yeah, depending on your brand of fantasy, maybe you can target Lord of the Rings, the movies, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, if you're doing urban fantasy. Uh, I already gave some sci-fi examples. So that's some other things you can look at. I, I do find that with books, I really find it best to target interests rather than even though Facebook, you can go like, I want only people 35 to 55. I want them to be, you know, whatever, <laughs> whatever you can target on there now. Um, I find with my readership, it's so varied. It's really more about what people are interested in. They're all over the map with ages. And it's funny because they tell me when they email me, like if somebody's really young, <laughs> they tell me their age. If somebody's really old, they also tell me their age. Um, so I've been really, I try not to assume that all my readers are exactly my age group and like me. Um, but if we have the same interests, you know, my books may be for them. Uh, I will pass it back to you, Joe. Uh, yeah, I don't have a tremendous amount to add here. Um, you definitely want to find a few big names in the genre uh, if they're available. A bunch of mid-list names are useful too for targeting. Um, I will say that, especially for fantasy, um, you'd be surprised at how many fantasy artists are actually targetable. Like, uh, uh, I think his name is Frank Frazetta. There's a lot of, uh, of people who are fans of a specific type of art. You can sort of seek those out too. Um, but yeah, I mean, associated genre movies and video games and things like that, tabletop games, another thing you can, uh, for fantasy and sci-fi that you can target. Um, just, yeah, it's tricky. That's really the hardest part for, for, uh, Facebook when I was using it was finding a, a good source for my uh, reliable audience. I love the fantasy artist idea. I didn't even never occur to me. I'm like, that's a really great idea because people who look at that are generally going to be fans of fantasy because fantasy art. And then you can just add in another qualifier. You know, they have to be, they have to like Kindle or they have to like Nook or something like that, because then you're able to target readers who like fantasy a lot better. I think that's a great idea. Um, so I would say this is where pulling your readers would come really in handy. Uh, so how have your current readers found you? Um, what are their demographics? And then target people that way. So um, I know Lindsay just said, don't use age, but age has been a really good target for me when I've narrowed down because a lot of my audiences are 
so big. I like to keep my audience sizes on Amazon or on Facebook between 200,000 and 500,000. And if I went by my general, which is mid-list authors with a couple of big authors thrown in, I find that it ends up with like 2 million. And sometimes I can, sometimes I can get ads to work really well there, but the ones that I've had the most success with are ones that are about 500,000 people strong. And, um, I, in order to narrow that down, I know that the majority of my readers are in their fifties. And so I will target people about 35, 38, 38 years old, $38, whatever. I got that backwards. I got it right the first time. Dang it. <laughs> 38 years old around there and older. And then, um, you know, capping off at about 65, because I've, I've found that, uh, my, my positive ROI goes down and increases. Like if I'm targeting people who are 18 to 30, my, I don't get as high of a return on investment. And then same with people who are 65 plus, I know that they read my books, but when I advertise to them, it sometimes will even double the cost per click that I'm getting. And so I've, I mean, I'm fine with advertising them to them directly. And there are ways to target those people, but you generally need to fine tune other things like your image and your copy and all that. But I, I, I fine tune to the ages between whatever Facebook cuts it off that, you know, have they have, they have that age group thing. It's like 40 or 35 or something like that from there to about 65. And then I, I usually will add it. I mean, I'll do midless authors. Like I said, I have a couple of big authors in there. I was going to read off the, my targeting, but I'm not going to, that's a lot of, a lot of, uh, lots of names. Um, anyway, so most of my ads, I don't usually target TV shows and movies because that's never been successful for me. Uh, most of my ads run a pretty good ROI of around 10 cents to 15 cents per click by doing what I just mentioned. And I found the author's names by going to lists on good, good reads and removing any of the really big authors. So you go to Goodreads, you, you look up for like lists of urban fantasy, and then they have like, they just have these big long lists and there's websites that you can either pay to have them pull that information out for you, or they'll do like a free report for you, a one-time report, just have them do that and just pull that entire list. And there's like some that I think have like 2000 names on them. And I just go through that and I pull out all the big, really big authors, like, um, like Stephanie Meyer, Twilight, things like that out of those lists. And then I advertise to those people. I test things out just to make sure that it's a good audience for me. Sometimes I have to pull somebody out of that audience and then my cost per click will drop. Um, this is, it's very nitty gritty. And again, you want to use spreadsheets and you want to keep track of what you've been doing. Um, so the, the main problem with targeting big authors is you end up advertising to people who read only big authors and don't want to try out anyone whose names they the, whose name they don't know. So like when Twilight was published, there were people reading Twilight who don't normally read at all, and they like Twilight on face Twilight. They like Twilight on Facebook. We're talking like shit's creek here all of a sudden. Twilight, this interesting person at this cafe. Anyway, um, that's a TV show for those who aren't aren't sure. Anyway, so they don't read anything but twilight. And so when you're advertising to them, they're not going to download your book. And so it causes your, your ad to be more expensive and have, have a less chance of running a, or sorry, returning a profit. Um, anyway, add, okay. I, before we move sorry. on, no, I think that's a really good tip. I actually struggle to get big enough audiences. I feel like I may be like our, uh, people who ask the questions for like me writing epic fantasy for I'm not going to say for women, but I'm not really writing stuff necessarily that are, you know, it's like a female heroine. So I'm kind of always a little reluctant to target like Robert Jordan, and, you know, people that are like really different style for me. Um, so I'm really struggling. That's why I don't usually take out age groups because I would be, I would like have nobody left. Um, but no, that's a good point. And it's usually, honestly, it's the people in that age group that you mentioned that have the disposable income and are probably going to be the most likely to buy books. So it is going to depend on the what you're writing, uh, because I think romance is going to be really kind of locked into like a certain age group. Uh, we talked about that, or maybe we haven't. David Farland. <laughs> David Farland has a book where he talks about like the ages when women read romance and then they move on to like drama mystery later in life as far as their preferences. So it was, we'll, we'll have to see if he wants to come on the show and, and talk about that stuff. But that would actually be a good guide too. But no, I think that's great that you've done more really trying to get the ad cost on down. So I would definitely, <laughs> definitely listen, listen to Andrea on that stuff. Um, I, I'm usually struggling to get a big enough audience to target. Once I make it 
they have to be a reader, you know, and then, you know, there's such, there's the fandoms in sci-fi and fantasy and I have to, you know, we have to target the big authors in my genres because there's so few on Facebook that you can target. Like even the big authors that are publishing now often aren't on there. It's usually sort of the older and bigger authors from days of yore. That's just what I found. But anyway, I just wanted to add that you've done more on there. So people should probably listen to you. Yeah. Um, when it comes to like, you remember, you, do you remember before we started recording? <laughs> it was a long time ago, but I started reading to them, um, the authors that, and just basically the things that I've been targeting. And I read, I don't know how, if you remember how much I read, but I only got through like an eighth of it. So my list is huge and it took me a long time to add them in, but it got me a, a large audience. Um, let's see, 670,000. The ones you were reading, to me, those are big authors. They are. That was my, (laughs) that's like who I would think of for all the stuff I read in the eighties and nineties, you know? Yeah, no, that's, that's my epic fantasy. So I, yeah, like my epic fantasy ad, it has big authors in it. And I narrowed that down by age. Um, I'm looking at one of my, my urban fantasy ad right now. This is, it's called urban fantasy first page, good roots, good roots, good reads minus big authors. That's what I called the audience ads on Facebook and it's ages 35 to 65 plus. And then it says people who match interest, Amazon, Kindle, Kindle, Kindle fire, Kindle fire, HD behaviors owns a Kindle fire. And it must also match. And then I give this big long list of authors and uh, it includes some big ones, which is really funny because Jim butcher is a big author (laughs) and uh, Cami Garcia, you know, city of bones, things like that. So, um, but the potential reach is seven or 670,000 people. And, um, this one, this is one that's, that's done very, very well for me. I just, I save all my different, my different audiences. Like I've got several lookalike audiences in here. Um, and then I just go back to them over and over again. And, 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 uh, I give, I do, I take breaks from then everything. Let's see. I'm trying to, oh yeah. So this one is geared to people who like, who read on Apple or iBooks or iTunes. Um, Anyway, so, I mean, there's so much, there's just so much, these questions, we, there's no way we can scratch the surface. There's just so much that we could talk about. Um, Anyway, so I'm going to go ahead and read the next question. And this is going to be our last question, I believe, right? Yeah, we've been going an hour. We we have so many more (laughs) questions on here, but you know, you guys will have to let us know if this was, I feel like this might be, this episode is probably kind of hard to follow just because it's sort of really nitty gritty, uh, hard in audio to really process. So you'll let us know (laughs) if if you guys want more, but try more or we just won't. (laughs) Sorry if we didn't get to your question. And if, when we do a six figure authors convention, which Lindsay has already said, I would have to plan. That's (laughs) right. The extrovert, (laughs) the extrovert who loves organizing events. I love it. It makes me happy. Um, Yeah. We should do stuff like this. It would be so much fun to do, like just sit down and somebody pull out a laptop and we just show, you know, what we're doing. I think that would be a lot of fun. Okay. So allow me to die from breathing here die from breathing. Um, anyway, DL Martone says, and that's Daniel and Lara Martone, I believe, (laughs) uh, says, are there any services that you know of that will handle your ads and are any of you using them? There are services out there, um, but it never seems like authors in general, I'm not saying not never, but I, from what I hear, authors really struggle to make it work, to make it turn profitable, um, because it's so hard to turn a profit already, even when you're doing it yourself. And gosh, I feel like we really know, we know our comp authors, you know, like uh, some general social media (laughs) advertiser might not know who to target as well. They might, you know, I'm not, I don't want to assume that, but it's just the real problem is that we're so borderline already on making a profit, like with Amazon ads or Facebook ads, uh, you know, usually requires we have a series that if you then on top of the cost of ads are adding $2,000 a month to pay someone to do it, you're probably going to be losing money. But, um, you know, that's just kind of what I've heard from people. Uh, Sometimes people have tried it for a while and said, no, actually it wasn't really worth it. But I know we all live in hope. And um, we did just have Cami check it's it's on. And she said she was having luck with a service in Utah. And I put it in, it's in episode 99, the show notes. I don't disrupt. Yeah. I don't remember the name disruptive something, (laughs) something in Utah, but yeah, check episode 99, the show notes. I put it in the link. If you want to check them out, they, they seem to be, I I did check them out. They seem to be 
broad social media for biz small businesses and stuff so it wasn't like specific for authors but uh, it sounded like she was having good luck with it so you never know we all live in hope we all don't I mean there's like the one percent that just loves loves doing it they'd rather do the marketing than write the story in the next story whereas I am completely opposite I would be so happy never to play with ads again and just magically have the book sell so I could just write um, but go ahead uh, Joe and Andrea to finish up there are definitely places that handle ads. And uh, if you've ever had uh, a spike of sales and have had your email address uh, available on your website, chances are you've gotten emails from people who are offering to do this. Uh, cold calls, by the way, are, are not a great way to find someone who's actually going to be successful. Like, that their own marketing tactics are suspect if they're just emailing you, trying to get you to, to hire them. But uh, I have not worked with, especially like actually handling like, you know, the, the kind of ads we're talking about on this episode, I have not worked with any of them. So I can't make any statements as to their effectiveness. Uh, I have very briefly for different types of advertising, like we don't really recommend like um, we would call like a digital author tour. Like they tend to be pretty low return on investment, but I have worked with some folks who would sort of set up blogs and reviews and stuff like that. Uh, again, uh, the, the cost is almost always going to exceed the benefit in those cases. So I just shy away from even looking for that stuff uh, in, in, the, in recent history. Um, I love that our last question, we were like, nope, nope, don't do it. <laughs> I don't do well, it. I didn't put this in my notes, but I want to add too. like, I feel like the auto ads are really coming a long ways really fast. So you just make an auto ad, put your bid in and you know, let it run, check on it, of course. But I think we're really close to the point where just no, who's going to bother with keywords and stuff. Just Facebook, the AI, whatever it is that's running the thing, they're getting to the point where they know as well as we do what, or better than we do what, what other books are going to sell our books as far as our ads being on them. So Lindsay meant to say Amazon, not Facebook there, right? No, they have auto ads on Facebook. And they're getting better. What? What? Oh my gosh! I haven't I haven't wiggled around in so long. They have they have auto ads. They that have are auto ads on Facebook. You you you're more you go try them and we'll report yeah. back because okay. um, the last one I just did one for my book and I I did it myself. I targeted people, but I I've heard from people who actually use Facebook ads that the auto ads are getting better. Like they may not nice. be perfect yet. So I, you know, if, if you try it and it's not great, but I, I've just watched the Amazon ones get so much better over yeah. the last like year or two um, that I think pretty soon we're just going to be like, yeah, this is how much you want to spend. Just let the bots do it. Yeah. See, that's why I thought you're saying Amazon because Amazon auto ads have gotten so much better, you know? And I mean, it, it there is a little bit of a, of a, of a hurdle, a learning curve to jump over all of this, but if you can do it, um, I would say, you know, do it and then learn and then just let these auto ads go for you. Um, but I don't know. My answer to the question was basically what Lindsay's was like, I think it's disruptive advertising, disruptive marketing or something like that. Uh, if I could afford it, I'd love to hand off ads to someone else. But every time I've done it, it hasn't been worth it. And I have done it a few times where I've had, you know, back in the past where there are authors that were like, I'm going to run ads for other people. And it just did not work. Uh, what I found is that in order for it to work, it needs to be very big scale and you need to have a lot of money and you need to have a lot of product and they need to have a lot of free reign to spend and waste money until they just the same process as you. It takes them time to learn your readers and who will buy your books as much time as it does you. And so just recognize at the beginning that maybe they're going to waste a bunch of your money until they find out what works. But then again, you have to trust that they're going to eventually find out what works. <laughs> so yeah, it's, that's not fun. <laughs> yeah. The, the thing that was interesting to me when I looked at their site is they would do TikTok videos and YouTube ads and the stuff that I'm just not going to get into. But um, for audiobooks, that might be a good match. Uh, people who listen to the videos and, uh, you know, I've talked before how the audiobooks do pretty well on YouTube because people just listen to it while they're doing stuff. So um, I, it's not like I'm not open to it. I'm always <laughs> like, you know, maybe try someday, give them some money and see what they do. But uh, again, I, I kind of wonder if you're going to be blanketing a bunch of those sites the way they do if you want to be wide. If just being on one retailer might limit it, especially if it's something they're just going to hear or see and not be able to necessarily click and go to the store. Uh, but yeah, I guess we've talked enough. Joe, any final thoughts before we sign up? I'm kind of tired. Like we've been, uh, we've been talking a long time. It's so much work. There was talk. a lot of talking today for sure. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty well drained on this one. I'll say. 
All right. Well, we hope you guys weren't too bored <laughs> and um, we'll have something scintillating next week. I'm not sure what it'll be, but it'll be scintillating. Uh, thank you so much for listening, everyone. And thank you with Joshua Pearson for producing the show. You can find the show notes at sixfigureauthors.com with the number six. So long. Wait, I can't say so long. That's Joe's thing. <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. See y'all later. <laughs> so long, everybody. <laughs>